Hello and welcome to Brits on Flicks, your monthly movie podcast where we discuss, delivery and dissect a movie of our choosing. This month it is a 1997 epic breakdown. <laughs> and Brian, what's about your history with this movie? Uh, first time I saw this was on video, not DVD, but video. Mm. Uh, I think I, I remember watching it with the family. I know certainly one of my brothers was there, my eldest brother, and my mum and dad were there. I can't remember if if Mike was there, but yeah, we, we watched it as a family. Uh, we, we thought it was pretty damn good thriller. Uh, so yeah, that's it really. I've, and I've watched it on and off a few times over the years. It, it's one that I do find myself going back to every now and again. So. Um, for me, it was, it was when I, I saw in the cinema. Um, I remember, I used to watch this crazy programme that was on... Um, late nights um, back when I was a kid and it was the, basically the top 10 movies in America <laughs> it, it would run down like the top 10 movies here and for some reason I remember always a battle between this and Austin Powers okay. not an actual battle of the movies only yeah, in my yeah, yeah, mind yeah. obviously but yeah. you know Austin <laughs> Powers would be above it one week and then it would fall down mm. the next week and it would be a kind of battle and they made roughly the same money I, th- I remember right. could be wrong okay um, and, and that was, I was like, Austin Powers, that looks rubbish, um, before I actually saw it. And Breakdown was all about Kurt Russell for me, and it was the, the kind of thriller, adult thriller, that you don't really see much of. Um, and going back to it now, it was really fun, something I was really looking forward to, because uh, I'm a big Kurt Russell fan, and this was a long time since I've seen Breakdown. And I did, I did actually own this one on VHS. Mm. And yeah. for, it, it, for people out there that don't know, VHS was a kind of big rectangular box thing that, <laughs> that kind of had movies. It's a, it kind of sits in the same vein as films like The Hitcher, I think. Mm. That, you know, some average Joe being terrorised on the road. And I, I by... think the phrase is exploitation. Right, okay. Exploitation. There's somebody goes into somebody else's uh, city, landscape or environment yeah. and, and is tortured by them. Yeah. Somewhere they the don't locals, belong, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And the locals yeah. take uh, some kind of vengeance on them. Mm. Exploitation. Exploitation. Oh, as the Scots say, exploitation. Exploitation. Hey, to a, to an American, that was a perfect Scottish accent. <laughs> I'm biting my tongue. <laughs> you keep biting, mate. You keep biting. Right, okay. Um, calm down. Calm down. <laughs> is that supposed to be me? I ain't even no, remotely it's scouts. All I can do is love puddling. It's <laughs> 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 my go-to. <laughs> calm down, calm down. All right, calm down. And that's pretty much garnered from uh, Harry Yeah, Enfield. Harry Enfield, yeah. Man alive. Anyway, we're not here to talk Harry Enfield. <laughs> we're here to talk Breakdown. Okay, um, I'll do my synopsis, shall I? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So all right, then, when... kid. All right, then, kid. You all right? Can I do the synopsis? Anyway. When husband and wife, Jeff and Amy Taylor, have car trouble in the middle of nowhere... They turn to a friendly stranger who is only too willing to drive Amy into the nearest town to call for help. 
But when the stranger does not return with Jeff's wife and denies ever having seen her to the police, Jeff is forced to deal with the scary aftermath of their breakdown. <laughs> well done, Brian. Um, yeah. This is one of these kind of movies that you don't really see getting made much anymore in the vein that it is. You know, it's partial thriller, partial action type of fun thing. And it, it very much reminded me a little bit of, of you know, taking, um, you know, this, this man, only he's not as capable as maybe Liam Neeson was, but <laughs> um, Kurt Russell, first of all, he always plays a kind of hero in most of his movies, you know, he's the kind of the strapping protagonist, and here he's kind of a button-down polo shirt tucked firmly into his chinos, he, he's, um, he's not your he's a wimp. hero. Yeah, he's, he's at the start of the film. He's a wimp, mm-hmm. um, and there's there's lots of times during the film when it, when all this stuff starts kicking off that you see within him he's he's not got that typical Kurt Russell Snake Plissken kind of I will take on the world mm-hmm. and win attitude. He's that genuinely scared out of his wits, just wants to stick his head in the sand kind of mentality to it. Like the bit when. Um, I refer to him as Lemmy from Motorhead because that's what he looks like. <laughs> yes. the, 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 in the gas station, when uh, like the moment he starts, the, the moment that Lemmy starts getting uh, a bit confrontational, Kurt Russell's character he just he just backs off. He's like, "Nope, uh, I'm just like I don't want to get involved in this. I, I I'm not a fighter. I'm a lover. So it's just yeah, it's quite strange seeing him." in that kind of fashion. But I buy it completely. Yes. Uh, and that's down to his performance. Mm-hmm. And, and you get that as well. And this is what I feel a lot of movies kind of miss and don't do as well as, as they should. And that's the, the building of the relationship. You know, the, mm. Amy, she's not in the movie much, realistically, mm. but in the short time that she's there, you get a feel for both of these people's characters, their relationship. And where they've been and where they're kind of heading in their lifestyles. Because um, it's kind of important that y- you see this because, like I said, Amy's gone for most of the movie and you, and you want that kind of like drive, you want to know why he's, he's driven other than just his wife's vanished that it would be in, mm. in, in most modern day movies. They wouldn't give a backstory or a reason to that. Um, yeah. And I did like that relationship. And, and it, as well as being informative to the characters, it comes into play later on, especially with the donut packet, you know, that little yeah. throwaway conversation that they have in the car. That I, I had forgotten a lot about this movie. Mm. Um, and just like, p- picking up on something you said, because you made an, a, a comparison with Taken before, um, and based on what you just said, Taken is actually a film that, I, I mean, I love Taken. Mm. It's, it's a great action flick. But you can't wait for Liam Neeson to just get to the part where he's kicking people's heads in because I actually don't care about the, the daughter that no. much. And she, and she gets a much bigger chunk of time at the beginning of that film for us to get to know her. Um, and actually, I feel like I know more about who Amy is in this film and I care about her more mm-hmm. uh, in this film than, than I did with the daughter in Taken. And that's all, yeah, it's all because of the way it's directed, the way it's acted. I think the script in this is really, really tight. Mm -hmm. 
Um, it's 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 locked down pretty well. Must be said. Uh, there's no baggage. There's no filler. Nothing. Nothing that doesn't need to be there. It all works to just yeah thrust this character into a situation that none of us would want to be in, and deals with it in a really realistic way. And he gets hurt. He gets beaten up. He isn't the smartest guy in the room all mm-hmm. the time. He he's he's just kind of running on adrenaline and yeah it's it's really believable he sweats he bleeds he shakes it's yeah it's quite yeah. refreshing in a film like this yeah and you can see him gradually being pushed as well you know the the, the, mm. the line in the sand ever creasing mm. forward to doing the most ridiculous of things um, later mm. on but let's get to um one of my favorite parts is that you get the breakdown you get the mem you know, they don't want to leave this car that they've bought, so they have this really chip and they're like, you go, I'll get you there. And um, that's all fine and dandy. And then probably my favourite part is when he stops JT Walsh um, in the truck. Mm. And it's just a straight, don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah to- totally. Like, it almost has me convinced. I, re- yeah. I remember the, f- the first time I saw this, it was that thing where... Is, is this going to be one of those kind of thrillers where actually the button-down shirted guy turns out to just be a nut job and that he, <laughs> actually he has done his own wife in and that, like, you know, because Walsh plays it so straight, so matter-of-fact that he's, he's never seen this guy before mm-hmm. that you do kind of feel like, okay, this, this could go either way, really. Could be, you know, this dude's just insane. But, yeah, I love J.T. Walsh in this. Mm-hmm. Um I was a big fan of his, actually, uh, at, at this point in his career when this came out. Cause Go on, say Dark Skies. I, I was going to say Dark Skies. Dark skies. I'm, I was going to point out the fact that he's also in an episode of X-Files, but that's an episode of X-Files that we won't want to talk about when we actually get to it, believe me. Um, so uh, it's just like... Yeah, um, I, I just I just think that he nails it, and I lo- I loved him in as you say, Dark Skies. He was kind of like the main villain in that show, so he was definitely on my radar. And after that show, I saw him pop up in a lot of stuff, like The Negotiator is another one he's really good at. It good in uh, he he's very good at playing a, that particular kind of character yes. and al- almost kind of bureaucratic sensibility about him like a government type kind of guy you know who's just a bit of a pen pusher a bit of a stick up his ass stick up his ass yeah uh, and very good at being uh, pushy uh, and just arrogant mm. um, so yeah he, he's, he was very good at, at kind of defining roles mm. like that I think I think this is a, it's a great moment in the movie as well because as the viewer, you have quite clearly seen Amy get into the truck and drive mm. away. You've yeah. seen him looking for her and stop the, the truck and yet you do have that moment of going, did, did, did she actually get in that truck? Mm. You know, you're starting to disbelieve yourself even though everything you've seen has, has made you feel like, yes, yes, she has. And then you start but There's to, a, a real sense of frustration on top of that as well. Mm. Because like, even though you are questioning you know, where the film might go in that regard, you're totally just as frustrated as Russell's character is, mm. especially when this cop lets him go. 
it's like mm. you're kind of thinking like, well, you're at least not going to take him down to the station. I'm, I'm stood here telling you that this guy took my wife and you're letting him go right now. And like, like it's all in Kurt, Kurt Russell's face. You see that frustration in his face and you're just totally with him in that moment. You are, but realistically, when you look at it, what can the cop do? Mm. Mm. Yeah, you know, the cop checks everything out. There's no sign of his wife. You've got two mm. people saying completely contradictory stories. Mm. It's just it's one of these things because J.T. Yeah. Walsh knows exactly what he's doing. He's the kind of super villain that is terrifying in his nature. You know, that, yeah. that straight face just lies, knows that he's doing something abhorrent, um, which I, I suppose we should generally talk about. I take it we're just assuming they're, they're killing everybody just to get the goods. Yeah, pretty it? much. Yeah. So they, they steal whatever they've got on them and, uh, yeah, dispose. I, I mean, it's, it's just... I, I watched this today, actually, mm. um, and as I was watching it, I was very aware of just how tense I was. And I've seen this film many times mm. already. I know exactly where it's going. But the, the tension comes from, as I say, that frustration of, like, you're so with uh, this character, Jeff. You're so on his side and with him every step of the way. And, and you feel that anxiety that he feels. And... Uh, when we get to the point where we learn what these guys are doing with these people that they're, they're taking away, and particularly the fact that they're doing it right under Red Bar's wife's nose, well, his family's nose. He's got, he's, he's got a wife and a kid. They do, they do this stuff with the bodies in his barn just mm. outside the house, and she has no idea. She's, she's absolutely clueless. Um, and like, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, well, this, this is a thriller. But actually, to me, this is more of a horror than a lot of actual, you know, supposed horror movies. Because the idea of it and the execution of it is so very real to me. Like, mm -hmm. perhaps, perhaps not all the stuff at the end with the, with the you know, the, the truck chase, the big car. I mean, that's the big finale. It's yeah. an action film. You've got to have that stuff. Um, but... Everything else up until that point feels so real to me. Like you, you've, you know, you, there's been quite a few stories over the years on the news about people who've been kept in cellars for years mm -hmm. and you know things like that. So, it, you know, and and the the, the families of, of these people who've done it had no idea. Yeah. Um. So, so it does. It, it's very, it feels very real, and because of that, it, it, it's actually quite a scary thought. When you know, if, when you put yourself in. Jeff's shoes when he's looking down he's, he's on that balcony in the barn and he's looking down and he thinks his wife's dead they pull mm -hmm. the body out it's all wrapped up and he thinks she's suffocated but then she starts wriggling and, and you feel that kind of your heart jumping inside mm -hmm. your chest the way it would for Jeff like you, you, you know I'm a married man you know I, I imagine my own wife being in that and it's just it does it unnerves you it's, it's so yeah. well directed so well put together it's, it's because they are, they seem like average people. You know, they yeah. have debt, they're moving for a new start, something bad mm. happens to them. Um, and it doesn't happen to them because of a madman. 
or a crazed mm. lunatic looking to just mm. butcher them for the sake of it or to torture them for pleasure. This is somebody that is pragmatically looking at it as, you've got something I want, mm. you're passing through, if I kill you, take it, nobody's ever going to know. There's a kind of ruthlessness yeah. and, and disgustingness yeah. about mm. that kind of uh, thought p- pattern. You know, it's terrifying. That's mm. a true uh, psycho. Mm. It's, it's really clinically minded, isn't it? Mm. It's very clinically minded. Like, the film itself, to me, is all about that idea of you can't judge someone by just looking at them. You, you, you don't know what is going on underneath. And that's not just mm. in the case of the villains, because actually the villains themselves misjudge this couple. They see their nice car... It doesn't occur to them for one moment that actually th- this guy, from what we can tell, seems to have left a job mm-hmm. or has been put, made unemployed or whatever. They've spent what they've got left on this car so they can move away, start a new life. But actually, everything they've got in the bank is $5,000. That's all they've got left. This ain't a rich couple, but these, these criminals, these villains, they, they make assumptions based on what they see externally. Um, so, you know, and, and then Jeff and Amy do the exact same thing when they see uh, Red Bar. You know, they, they, this guy he seems like a fairly jolly fellow. He seems nice enough. And it's all, all of these characters. And, and even, even the police officer, you know, like, at times misjudges Jeff. And it, it is that idea that, you never know what's going on with someone. You can't, you can't just ass- make any assumption about who someone is based on what you see externally. Yeah. Um, just to jump back to Amy's character for a brief moment, um, I said at the start, you, you get an idea of the character and you kind of like her in, in, in the relationship. But even though you don't see her for such a long period of the movie, you still get an idea of this woman. You know, there's a moment where uh, Kurt Russell's a little bit slow, to react mm. to, the, to the monetary amount and, and mm. it, although he's looking for that amount to come out with it makes you think that she's in a pressure situation she's managed to come out with a kind of solution under whatever circumstances she's under and, yeah. and leave a breadcrumb for her husband to find yeah. at the end when she's getting taken out the truck she's playing possum you know mm. she's looking for a moment to fight back um, mm. this isn't just a, a damsel in distress this is a smart woman that mm is going to try and get herself out of this situation when she can. Even when they get out at the end, she's helping fight back um, against the guy. Yeah, what, one of my favourite moments, actually, in the film, um, which I, I, I forgot about completely, um, because, so when, when Red Burr is he's fallen off, the, well, he's not fallen off the bridge, he's been tossed <laughs> off the bridge, yeah. and he's, he's still kind of alive, and I always remember the truck falling off, but I completely forgot that it's her Mm. He, he puts it into gear and lets it go. Like, and, and it's such a badass moment where she's mm-hmm. just like, they look down, they see him moving, and she doesn't even hesitate. She just goes, screw you, guy. Mm. And just like literally dumps this truck on his ass. And it's like, whoa, okay. And you even get the look from Kurt Russell. You have to go, look, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just it's such a great moment. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, like she's gone for most of the movie, but you, you get an idea of this character. I, mm. I think it's fantastic. And I had forgot a lot about the action set pieces in this, and there are quite mm. a few, like um, the initial car chase, um, mm. where he hits a fence, and then um, Lemmy starts to chase after him. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
and he hits a sort of edge of the cliff and I'm like okay mm. uh, what do you think is going to happen here is he going to get out is he going to try and run the... no straight down the cliff <laughs> into the water <laughs> I'd completely forgotten about that and that's sort of like him just hitting desperation point at this point mm. no, this has been the vehicle this is everything that they've, they've put their money into is just ruining it to get away from these people yeah. um, that's a terrific scene mm. there's, there's, there's everything like I say, like every scene in this is is pretty. There's pretty much something golden in it. Mm-hmm. Like I love the bit when he goes into the bank, mm-hmm. um, and he's 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 just about to to tell the bank manager, and you can see and you kind of like go on, do it, do it. It's yeah. like the, the bank the bank manager can't possibly be in on it. Tell him, and then that dude just pops over his shoulder, and it's like, and then he just loses the nerve, and mm-hmm. you kind of like what what would I do in that situation? Mm-hmm. Um, you do. You're always with this guy. You're always putting yourself in his shoes, mm-hmm. and all the way through the film, I'm like, "Well, what would I do in this situation?" And it's like, "Oh man, it's so tense." And, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean that, that leads to the the scene where he's in uh, Lemmy's car, mm. uh, and he's he's, got, he's they've given him the money. He's had his uh, self uh, like hands tied behind his back. He's getting beaten. Yeah. He's in the passenger seat, uh, but he's got a knife, and, he, and he's mm. deciding trying to muster the courage to do it you know the adrenaline's mm. building up you can see it in the character before yeah. he fights back and just one of the small moments that's really probably inconsequential but I thought was fantastic was the duct tape around about the neck to, to the, the headrest <laughs> what I mean what a way to secure somebody mm. um, it's but, but, but it's I love I love the moment when when he keeps breaking mm. and it's and, and it's it's that it's that final. It's the final point, really, where um, Jeff suddenly gets his courage. I guess mm-hmm. he's 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 got his courage. He's in that zone now. He's got the upper hand, and he, he gets some confidence back. We we see we see a, a, an air of someone else in him coming mm-hmm. out, and it's and it's like he starts taunting Lemmy, and it's like you know the, the and Lemmy's like stop. Stop! And he's like, "Stop! You want me to stop? How about you know?" It's like, "I bet this thing stops on a dime." And he's just like, "What an awesome line!" And he's just, and then he just fl- like, yeah, floors that break, and it's like, boom, yeah, really great moment. Mm-hmm. So, and then as if that's it's not enough, it's, we get to the the city truck sequence where he climbs onto the truck. Mm, yeah, yeah, tense, yeah. really tense moment. Yeah, and it's just the moment of the car driving by. When his when his feet go down mm. and they hit the road, again my heart jumps out of my chest because I'm like, all it takes is one little slip and his hands are gone and that's it. But mm. and the gun mm. falls out of his belt. And yeah. you know he's not um you know he's probably not going to be a good fighter or mm. that was his only weapon and it's lost, yeah. but it, lo- it loses in a natural kind of way. As well, and then we get to uh, JT Walsh's house, his barn, mm. and that's where things take a real turn when he starts to discover all this like slew of electrical equipment <laughs> and cameras. Look, yeah, want to buy a camera? <laughs> <laughs> Why are they selling this stuff? They're just hoarding it. Well, I, I would imagine they have to go a certain length of time, don't they? Mm. You, you can't. You can't just. You can't just sell it straight away because if these people have been declared missing, you know their stuff would be 
mm. itemized, I guess, by someone. Um, so you, I, I would imagine you got to wait six months and then. Shift. If that's six months worth, these guys are busy. <laughs> well, it it says that you, you see that in the police station, don't you? There's like there's like a hundred and odd pictures on the wall, and that's just the ones that are missing that month. Uh, and then and that guy says like, what is it? Ten, ten thousand. I think it might be more actually. It's a hundred thousand people go missing in the U.S. every year, mm. something like that. It's just like it's, it's crazy figures, absolutely mm. crazy figures. Um, but yeah, these people are never seen again, and, and that's that's just a fact. That's reality. So it makes you wonder, doesn't it? Certainly does. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I, I also wondered if there was kind of connotations there that they were doing some nefarious stuff with the women. Um, mm. These guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's, there was a little exchange actually, because it's it's the younger guy. Mm -hmm. uh, you get the sense that he wants to have at him. Um, mm. But there's yeah, a, a moment yeah. where you're just before he goes to the bank, JT Walsh says to him, she's £115, uh, brown curly hair up top mm. and down below. Mm. Uh, just yeah. little lines like that that just, mm. just burrow their way into to mm. Jeff's character. Yeah. Like, we, we, we never see anything. We never see any abuse no. to, like, towards her. Uh, but we're, we're given so much within dialogue, within body language. And it's, again, that the bit when she floors the... When she puts the the, tr the car into gear and it drops the truck on him at the end, you totally buy where she's coming from. Uh, mm. You know, it's like like you can imagine some people being a bit more forgiving if they, you know, if they'd just been put in a box for a while. But you get the sense that that's not all that's happened. And again, that's because of some of the things that have been said, the connotations from them. Um, what, one character that I do find very interesting is Jeff, is, is a Red Bar's wife. Hmm. Um, and there's this moment where their son comes out with a gun and he, and he holds it on Jeff. And it's a really great moment. Hmm. Uh, and, and, and the kid, the performance on the kid is really good as well. I really buy his reaction to it. Um, and the wife is sat there and she's processing all this, this, this stuff. Cause literally, like, this is the first she knows about it. Like, and, and I genuinely believe she didn't know about mm. it. Um, Jeff comes in with his gun, literally lays it bare, and she's like, what on earth? So th th there's, it raises questions. When she, when, she, when she says to her son, take the shot, K kill him, shoot him, um, you got to ask where that's coming from. It, it's she, she's got she's got to process this very quickly, and I, I think there's a, there's 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 two two different things, two two different uh, possibilities uh -huh. where, where I come from. I think one is that deep down, she's always known, but she's always been in denial, right. um, and now that it's coming out, she she has to pick a side. She has she has to put her. She has to make her choice, basically. Her husband uh, or this, this innocent man, um, and she makes the wrong choice. She goes with her husband. Um, the other option is that in that moment, she's weighing up her options, and actually, if, if, if uh, Jeff isn't successful in taking out the rest of these guys, she's then got to deal with her husband and his cronies 
on the level of someone who does not accept what they're doing and that they're going to come against her as a result of that. So by, by telling her son to shoot him, she's almost telling her husband and those other guys, look, I, I'm with you, okay? I'm, I'm, on, I'm still on your side. Don't, you know, I mean, whatever happens from here. Looking at it from her point of view, this madman mm. bursts into her kitchen, waving a gun, mm. gibbering nonsense, pretty much, um, and, and her son comes through with a gun. And mm. I think it's, I take it as mostly self-preservation, you know, preservation yeah, yeah, of her family, of her. Mm. Um, I think she just shoot him because to take away the threat. Yeah. I don't think she's had enough time to really process what's mm. happening. But if it is denial... She can go. She can go back to living in denial if if they shoot this guy. Mm-hmm. If, she, if she if she she doesn't want to hear what he's saying right now because it's the most horrible thing to have to consider that your husband might might be guilty of what this guy is saying. So get rid of him. Take that out of the equation. I can go in, back into my state of denial. Uh, so it's 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 just this interesting. The film doesn't give you a straight answer as to why she as, as to why she tells us to do that and I like that I like mm. that it does that because it, it makes this character a bit more complex the, the, and she's only she's a small character you know she's not in the movie much but again because of the way they play it you, you get a sense the sense of a fully rounded person a fully mm. rounded human being um, so yeah really good stuff yeah have you got anything else to add uh, about Breakdown uh, no, not really. Just, just I, I think that what it does, for, for what kind of film it is, you know, I've seen a lot of films like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think this is, this is one of the best mm-hmm. um, because it's so tight. There's no baggage. It's got great performances. The action's really well done. Um, and I, I think it, it's probably John. Well, it is. I think Jonathan Mostow's best film, um, and I, I, I'm going to give it a four and a half. Right. Because, because yeah, I just think for this kind of fit, I'm not like I'm not saying that it's you know, it's on the same level of uh, a four and a half rated movie in a different kind of genre. Yeah, yeah, you know, of course, but of course. but for for this kind of movie, a thriller, a Friday night movie where you just you know. It's it's one of the best. It's it's yeah, it's right. there with the best. Um, as for wrap ups, right, I think we've said everything we wanted to say in the review. Mm. We're both quite gushing about this movie. We both seem mm. to have really enjoyed it. So I want to ask you. I want to help me figure out my rating for this because when I finished watching this, I was like, wow, it's a solid four out of five movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And thinking about it, and even talking about it now, I I can't find any faults. Mm. Right, realistically, when you look at it, it's entertaining. It's yeah. got characters yeah. that are developed. It's got tense yeah. sequences, great action. Mm. It's, there's no fat on it. It kind of makes you want to give it a five, doesn't it? it? That's what I'm looking at, and I'm going, yeah. why not? Is it yeah. on the same level as Inglourious Bastards? No, because it's a completely different type of movie. Mm. Other movies it, like this. Yeah. This is the thing. It's like when you grade movies, there's mm. so many different things to factor in. And my main thing with this one is that, actually, like, forget putting it up against The Godfather or, you know, like, Interstellar or anything like that. They're completely different types of movies. 
we put it up against other thrillers, you know, things of this kind of ilk, like ro Roadkill, uh, you know, to some extent, Jeepers Creepers, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but uh, when I put it up to the, like films like that, this, like I say, it's got no baggage. The characters are all completely well-defined, well-rounded. The pacing is just phenomenal. Um, it's, it's got great performances, a yeah. central character that I really buy into. He's not a action hero. He's an everyman and convincing at that. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, it is. It's so tight so tightly woven yeah. together it does kind of make me want to give it a five years ago when i first saw this i did i gave it a five um and i don't know i guess that sniffy yeah, film it's... critic in me has kind of bumped it down a bit but like you say i i there's nothing to fault it with mm -hmm. you know if, if, if i was going to be if i was going to be really you know critical i would say that all the realism that they build up throughout does kind of go out the window a bit towards the end when mm. it's the big action set piece. But it's it's an action thriller. If you don't get that, you'd be complaining. So, yeah. Um, but again, even, I, even there, it's not the hero that takes out the bad guy. It's the, it's no, the wife. <laughs> like, I wouldn't blame anyone. And, and the hero uh, only kind of brings the bad guy down by sheer accident. Mm. Because the villain is stupid enough to wrap the chain around his wrist, uh, which is another great moment, I might add. That moment when he, he, he just happens to catch the chain and then there's that realisation between the two. I've got you, you bastard. I've got you. <laughs> Bye. And throws him off. And it's like, you know, it's just happenstance that he manages to do that. He, he's not stronger than him. He's not cleverer than him. It's just like he gets lucky and throws him off. But, uh, yeah, I just... It, I wouldn't blame anyone for giving this a five. I'm going to stick with my four and a half for now, but I, I certainly certainly wouldn't blame anyone for giving this a five. Well, I think I'm going to have to give it that five. Mm. I, I can't fault it. I really can't. Mm. Like we said, it's not highbrow entertainment, but what it does, mm. it does exceptionally mm. well. Mm. I, I had a conversation about this, actually, over on Cine Sci-Fi, the Facebook group uh, that I run, uh, just the other day. It was... Um, we were talking about just th this very thing. What, what does it take to give a five-star review? Somebody had posted all, all the films they'd ever given five stars. Um, and then we were comparing like how many we'd given five stars and stuff. And I said, there's three things that I consider when I'm going to give a movie five stars. Uh, one is the rewatchability factor. Mm -hmm. Will I rewatch it again and again and again? And I do with this film. I have done with this film. The other is, um, is it well made, like from a technical standpoint, you know, the direction, the performances, this, that, and the other, or is, are, are those elements, is there any of them elements that are weak? Uh, this is well made, you know, it's like, I, I can't really fault that. I, I think maybe it could do with a bit more visual flair, you know, I think maybe in, in a, the hands of a different director, they might, they might even put something of a, of a visual flourish in it. This is kind of, from a visual standpoint, it is like, you know, point, point and click, I guess, uh, you know, if I'm being unfair. Um, and the third thing was, uh, does it have anything to say that I can relate to? You know, does it, is it, does it have meat on its bones in that sense? Does it, yeah. Uh, that, that, that for me, the, the three things that kind mm. of 
you know, if it's got something to say, if it's well made from a technical standpoint, and if it's the kind of film that I will watch again and again and again, then that's pretty much my criteria for giving it a five, uh, which this film pretty much fits. So. And it still gets a four and a half. And it still gets a four and a half, yeah. I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. So our top five for this episode was our top five Kurt Russell characters mm. uh, that he's portrayed. I thought that's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, and for me, it was fairly easy. I wish I could have made a top ten. Because um, he's, he's done quite a lot of like, good uh, characters in my eyes. But mm-hmm. I managed to narrow it down to my five favourite characters. And uh, I'm good to go. Are you? Yep. Who shall go first, Brian? Go on, I'll go first this okay. time. Um, so I, I get the feeling our number one is going to be the same, but we'll see. Uh, I will say that most of these, it's been a while since I've seen them. So right. uh, I, I, I was going, uh, for, for a lot of them, I was going purely off memory. So anyway, my number five is McCabe from Vanilla Sky, uh, a film that I feel gets much maligned, mm-hmm. uh, doesn't quite get the credit it deserves. But one of the most memorable things about it and one of the things that stood out even way back when, when I watched it, was Kurt Russell. And he hadn't done anything really substantial for about four years between Breakdown and uh, this. He'd done Soldier, which, yeah, you know, no one really cared about. It's definitely not one of his finest moments. Um, So literally he did Breakdown, then about a year later he did Soldier, and then there was like a two, three-year gap between that and, and Vanilla Sky. So he's all, you know, that doesn't sound like a lot, four years, but actually in acting terms, that's 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 quite a uh, it's quite a long stretch um, to to be out of the acting game. So he came back in this supporting role, really. You know, he'd gone from being a leading man, and then he comes back a few years later, and he's taken on supporting roles. Um, and seeing him in this film, in Vanilla Sky, it made you, it instantly made you want to see him again in a, in a leading role. Um, and he brought to that role a lot of what he brings to Breakdown, which is just this almost everyman appeal, um, mm. but someone who's maybe a bit smarter, a bit more assured uh, of himself, a bit more sure of himself, um, and yeah, so he's he's this kind of psychiatrist who's trying to get Tom Cruise's character to come to terms with whatever is going on. With I, I don't want to spoil I don't want to spoil things for anyone who's not seen the film. Um, but when he when he learns a particular piece of information towards the end of the film, his reaction to learning that is is. Well, yeah, it's priceless, and and you, and you you feel sorry for the guy, you identify with him, and like I say, it's it's a supporting role, but Kurt Russell does so much with it because of his skills as an actor, skills which I think uh, actually go fairly unnoticed within Hollywood. Um, I think because he's been in a lot of comedies, a lot of action films, uh, he gets kind of thrown into the same boot campers like Stallone and Schwarzenegger and some of those kind of people, when in actual fact, his skills as an actor 
are on a completely different level. And he's someone you can take very seriously mm. as an actor when he when he puts his A game on. So, yeah, uh, Vanilla Sky, McCabe. Okay, my number five is a uh, stuntman Mike from Death Proof or Grand House, whatever you want. Um, I, I kind of love this one because it's got Kurt Russell in a, a very playful mood because as the movie starts, you don't really know too much about this character. He's fun. He seems to be uh, kind of just this guy that, that lives on the edge, <coughs> hangs out with, uh, instigates himself into any situation and can befriend anybody um, until he gets them into his car, in which case he turns out to be a raving lunatic that loves to just decimate the bodies next to him because they're not as secure as he is. It's, it's a really fun uh, role that I hadn't seen Kurt Russell do in so many years and he instantly just fitted right back into that and insti- instantly fitted right into the world of Tarantino. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there's some people that just are able to, to live in that world and do exceptionally well and, and he is one of those people. And uh, although Death Proof um, is regarded as one of Tarantino's lesser movies, I still think it's pretty fun. And I think yeah. it's, it's primarily down to this charismatic psychopath that mm-hmm. is, is the main kind of villain. And sticking with Tarantino, uh, my number four choice is John Ruth from The Hateful Eight. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I, again, it's been a while. It's been about two years, I think, since I saw this film. So memory's pretty hazy, but I just remember liking him. I, I rem- again, a lot of that is down to the script that he's got from Tarantino. You know, most mm. actors... When putting a Tarantino film, they're going to do some of their best work just because of the way he directs them and the dialogue that he puts into their mouths. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, Russell just has a lot of fun with this character. Um, yeah, just... That's all I can say. He's, he's a tough guy, but he's, he's also quite amusing at times, um, and he's just a pretty cool dude. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Good choice. In fact, uh, my number four is John Ruth from <laughs> The Hateful Eight. Um, I love this character because he was front and centre of um, all the advertising campaigns. When the movie starts, he's our hero, taking Miss mm. uh, Domergue to justice. Um, but he's an idiot. He really is. You know, <laughs> He's not as smart as he thinks he is. Mm-hmm. He's not uh, as um, capable as he thinks he is, but he has mm. this swagger and um, way of saying things to kind of almost delude himself into believing that, that he is his own myth when, when he's not. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I think his performance is really good and from one of these kind of characters that was similar to another um, character that he played that we'll get to later on in my list, I had a lot of fun with it. And it's one I, I always go back to and I think he should get the real props because of that facial hair. Because that it's fantastic in that movie. It's a mighty beard. Yeah. Um, yep, okay. My number three is Jeff Taylor from Breakdown. Uh, obviously, we've just discussed that film in great detail, but yeah, just again, it's, it's that everyman quality uh, and just how well he fits into the role of someone who half the time is scared to death. Um, you know, when, you, when you've seen him in so many other roles where he's the tough guy and you know that actually if he took his top off, you'd see a heck of a lot of muscles because he's not, you know, he's, he's not a 
He's not a weedy dude, is he, Kurt Russell? He can take care of himself. Uh, he's, he makes a very convincing action hero. And then yet here in Breakdown, he makes a very convincing everyman who's scared out of his wits. So, yeah, just, again, another sign of how good he is as an actor and how underappreciated he is. Yeah, and I think this is where we, we might part ways on a number one spot. Um, my number three is McCready from The Thing. Ooh, okay. Yes, um, the cowboy pilot <laughs> of, of the movie, the, the, the man who won't tolerate the fact that a computer will beat him at chess, um, mm. but someone who is smart enough that they're going to sacrifice themselves for the good of mankind at the end of it, somebody that will take charge, not because it's their calling, but because they just kind of have to. Nobody else there is as trustworthy as he is. Nobody um, trusts him. He, he is pushed out of the group, and, and he has to kind of take charge and, and lead the charge against this monstrous alien that's going to take over them. Um, as much mm. as I love the thing, and I do love McCready, <coughs> it's another Kurt Russell fantastic facial hair moment, um, and it, it, it is a terrific movie. It's not my favourite character that he's ever played, which we'll get to soon. Okay. Uh, so my number two is already mentioned stuntman Mike from Death Proof. Uh, again, this this is a character who. Um, all the things you said, but he, the, the the film itself is like a film of two halves. So the, there are two different sets of girls, two, two different sets of women that he stalks. And we see him reeling them in. You know, he's got that charm. He can turn the charm on. He's very confident because of the vehicle he's driving. He feels like no one can touch him. He is untouchable. Um, and that makes him very cocky. And then at the end, with the second group of girls, when they get one up on him, uh, they, they kind of, they defeat him, basically. And in those final moments, we see all that cockiness, all that bolshiness, all that um, strength completely disappear. And he becomes this scared little mouse. Uh, and and it's, it's just, it's really fun to watch. To, to see this, this bully, you know, this, this, this guy who's harassed these women suddenly have the tables turned on him and, and, and watch his demeanour completely change. Like, he, he's, not, he's not a badass right up until the last. He's only ever a badass because he's in the safety of that car. When you remove that shell, mm-hmm. when you strip him of his, uh, you know, his, I guess his phallic symbol if you, if you want to call it that uh he's left with nothing and actually he's 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 scared scared of these women by by the time we get to the end of the film it's just it's a really great change and if, if again if you put the wrong actor in that they mishandle it and mm-hmm. it just yeah it won't it won't come off the way it does here with kurt russell in the role so yep uh, my number two is the fantastically named uh, Snake Plissken from Escape from New York and Escape from LA. Normally what makes a fantastic character is their arc, you know, as they, they start the movie in one place and, and over the course of it they become somebody else. And when we first meet Snake Plissken, 
he is distrustful of the government, he is a criminal who has been forced to do something that he doesn't want to do, he will grudgingly do it, only because it facilitates him, and at the end of it, he's exactly the same character, he's not changed at all, he's still mm. dis uh, disgruntled with the government, doesn't like authoritarian figures, but he does it with this kind of effortlessly cool take on the man with no name, that kind of... Um, cooler than cool character that, that can handle himself oh so well um, but does it as if uh, it's nothing, it's kind of aloof with him mm. it's such a fun yeah. performance and, and I think I, I don't know too many people that, that love Escape from LA but I love it because it gave me the return of uh, Snake Plissken and it is a carbon copy of New York mm -hmm. I don't care because it gives me more of that character being that, that cool action hero that he is I saw Escape from New York for the first time last year. Uh, I, I'm not as sold on it as most people. Uh, I, I, I do like Kurt Russell in it. Uh, I like that character. But, I, 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 yeah, it's not, it's not on my list. It's not in my top five. Um, Have you seen I, yeah. LA? Escape from LA? I've seen about 20 minutes of it uh, in which he's surfing and I was like, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, but no, uh, not all the way through. Uh, I've not heard great things. You're one of the few people who I've heard actually champion that movie. But um, no, I, I liked Escape from New York and it, it did appear in my two honourable mentions uh, I, I could have given more honourable mentions, but I, I got it down to seven mm. that were like really struggling, really battling for my top five. Um, Snake Plissken was one of them. Eldon Perry from Dark Blue was the other. But my number one choice, as you've already guessed... Captain Roy. Is, yeah. <laughs> it's McCready from The Thing. Uh, yeah, it's a film that... We've reviewed already on uh, Brits on Flicks. Uh, I, I'd kind of seen it properly for the first time when we did that review. And yeah, it's just, he's, he's a character that in real life, you wouldn't want to know this guy. Uh, but for all the qualities that kind of make him not such a likable human being, like you said, they're the qualities that are needed to make him the, the right man for, for the job, for, for saving mankind, for, for not spreading this alien virus to a populated area. He's, you know, of all the people to, to choose to do it, he turns out to be uh, the, the perfect man for the job, even though, you know, like I say, he's not the kind of man that you'd want to hang around with, really, yeah. I guess. So... Okay, my number one, um, and to be honest, it was it's a character I absolutely adore. So there was no, there was no qualms about putting Jack Burton from Big Trouble in Little China as my number one Kurt Russell character. Now, mm. <coughs> Jack Burton is uh, the hero of the piece. You know, he's got the muscles, he's got the the vest, he's got that rocking mullet that he has. <laughs> But it is one of the best comedic performances I have seen in the longest while because although this guy is the hero, he does nothing but mess up for everybody and have to be <laughs> saved in almost every situation. Yet, somehow, 
even though somebody has to save him or do something to help him out of a situation, he somehow comes out as if he's just rescued the situation. Mm. He gets the girl. He saves the day. Everybody <laughs> thanks him, but he's kind of been dragged along in this adventure. And, uh, and uh, I think it's just a masterful performance from Kurt Russell because he has to balance that hero who's incompetent but seemingly still wins in the end. Uh, and um, it's just one of those characters that I always laugh at, always think about. Um, and every now and again, I'll be like, um, as old Jack Burton says, I'll say to somebody, you know, because that's his, his lines that he has all the way through the movie, thinking he's a fountain of knowledge when he's just spewing nonsense most of the time. It's just quotable line after quotable line. It's just such a fun and exciting character, which is why he's my number one. It's, it's only after hearing you talk about him that I feel like he should be on my top five. I've not seen Big, Big Trouble in Little China since I was, like, in my teens. Oh, wow. um, and now, it is a film that we watch quite a lot as kids, me and my brothers. We, we watch Big Trouble uh, quite, quite a lot. Uh, especially, like, my oldest brother, he, he's mad on the film. Mm. And I do remember loving it as a kid. Um, it's just, it's, yeah, it is literally just a case that this top five, I had to make it based on what I remembered about the characters. And like, I didn't remember any of that stuff about him until you just said it then. And I'm like, suddenly all those memories of the film started coming back. And I'm like, I, yeah, actually I can picture that character. He, I think he would make my top five. If I saw that film again, uh, I, I've no doubt he would make my top five. So, yeah, yeah good choices. And I think we had two overlaps there. It's not too bad. Mm. So now we are on to next episode. Yes, uh, next episode. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna well do what we always do, which is uh, I I'm gonna give five synopses that I've kind of put together myself for five different films, and basically. Graham's going to pick one, and that will be our next episode. So, here we go. Number one. When a young woman falls in with the wrong crowd at school, she looks to her newfound boyfriend as her saviour. But her saviour may in fact be even worse than the crowd she wanted to escape. Number two. When a team of law enforcement officials are put together to bring down one of the most ruthless mob bosses in the country, it leads to violence and bloodshed and all-out war. Number three. When a young boy accidentally summons the power of an evil, vengeful spirit, he is forced to go on a quest to find out the truth about his dead father. Number four, a West Texas deputy sheriff is slowly unmasked as a psychotic killer. And number five, two partners in the same business are forced to go against each other when one of them becomes guilty of the same crime as the people they are usually hunting. Okay. Some interesting ones here. I think I know a couple of the movies, um, which I'll guess because that's always fun to be wrong. I, I think yeah. one of them is uh, The Untouchables, and I think another one of them is The Colour Inside Me. 
possible. Um, but initially, I'm going to get rid of number one. Oh, <laughs> I was hoping this would be uh, the one you picked, to be honest. I think I'm just going to end up reviewing this on my channel instead. Uh, you've gotten rid of the classic 1980s high school movie, Heathers. Oh, dear. <laughs> yes. That's one of my Yes, it's it's. I love it. It's one of my. It'd be in my top ten eighties movies if I was to do a top ten eighties oh, movies. That hurts. That hurts. Yeah, I was hoping you'd pick that one. To be honest, I was hoping that'd be the one you go with. But oh well, never mind. That that, that hurts. Um, number three sounds interesting. That sounds up my kind of street because it sounds kind of genre is special. I think I'm going to get rid of number four. Number four is indeed the killer inside me. Right. Have you seen that one? I've not. Yeah, I've seen it. It's good. It's good. Mm -hmm. um, we'll leave it at that. Um, what okay. was number five again, Brian? Number five is two partners in the same business are forced to go against each other. When one of them becomes guilty of the same crime as the people they are usually hunting. Okay, number three. Number three is... When a young boy accidentally summons the power of an evil, vengeful spirit, he is forced to go on a quest to find out the truth about his dead father. Okay. And we have the cop going against the gangland boss thing at number two. Yeah. Ooh. I think I'm going to get rid of number three. You have gotten rid of Kubo and the Two Strings. <sighs> Dang it. I want to watch that as well. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> okay. So we have a choice of Number two or number five? I think number mm -hmm. two is The Untouchables, which is one of my favourite movies. And number five, I have no idea what that could possibly be. I think I, think I need to roll the dice and take away number five. You've got to take away number five, which is Repo Men. Right. And you're going to review, or you're going to make us review next time, Gangster Squad! Oh, God. <laughs> I, that I love it. Oh, man. I knew I'd get you with that. I knew you'd go straight for the untouchables. It's just, oh, brilliant. Love it. Love it. Can we redo uh, this and pick cables? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> part of me wants to part of me really wants to because oh, like, I, I was I was so hoping you'd go for Heathers hey it's been a while since we've had what well no it's not really because neither, neither of us liked Kira but uh, uh, Gangster Squad the, the, Gangster Squad's been a good going to be a good one because I really like it and you really don't so yeah it's not that I don't there like it go. it's just that it's derivative and bland it, uh, I will agree it's derivative, but I will not agree that it's bland. Um, I, I think in the same way that 
or maybe not quite the same way, but in the same way that Avatar is essentially just Dances with Wolves, um, Gangster Squad is The Untouchables. <laughs> but <laughs> that's, that's one but, uh, of the most obnoxious comparisons I think I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's just bonkers. Well, it doesn't Absolutely. change the fact that, that that I believe that to be the case. Uh, so, yeah, I, I love the style of Gangster Squad, but we'll get into it next episode. So. Yeah. so brace yourselves for a short episode next time. We'll be, we'll be, reviewing, <laughs> uh, we'll be reviewing Gangster Squad. What's the top yeah. five going to be? Uh, the top five is going to be top five Sean Penn films. Okay. So, not performances, but films. Mm-hmm. Or performances. It's up to you. you. Pick one. You can either go performances or films. Well, one or t'other. It's all the same. Mm. Yeah. As, as always, we appreciate the, the fact that you listen to us blabber on about movies. We look forward to seeing you, or listening to us next month. Um, if you would like to pop over to iTunes and give us a little review, we'd really appreciate it. We've got a few up there just now, a few ratings, and we, we thank each and every one of you that has voted for us or, or rated us five stars. We really, really do appreciate it. And um, feel free to skip next month, and, and we'll be back the following month. <laughs> 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 Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Brits on Flicks. Check out